welcome to this podcast from Adelaide Place Baptist Church. We are a community of disciples, apprentices of Jesus, who live and work in the city of Glasgow, and it's our vision to join God in the renewal of all things. Our discipleship to Jesus is for all of our lives, so as well as listening to this podcast, we'd love for you to join us on a Sunday morning, or get involved in one of our missional communities, which are across the city throughout the week. Our prayer is that you encounter Jesus in some way through this podcast. More information can be found at apbc.net. It's good to be here. Um, My name's David. In case I've not met you before, I'm part of the staff team at um, Adelaide Place. Um, And if you're new to Glasgow, it doesn't always rain, just most of the time. Um, I was interested in what Stephen said about nominating people for co-leaders. I don't think you have to nominate people if you don't like them, just if you want them to be leaders. So just to clarify that, I was a bit confused. But um, uh, I I quite like the rain, which is a strange thing to say, but I've I've found myself being fascinated by it. Admittedly, when I don't have to be somewhere without getting wet, um, and I have this weird habit of... um, of not wearing anywhere near the necessary amount of waterproofs. But just, I think it's maybe a stubborn thing, just going out anyway. I want to wear my brown shoes that are impractical in the rain, so I'm going to. And so I got very wet this week. Um, anyone else got caught out in the rain this week? Yeah, one or two. Did anyone see the double rainbow on Friday? Yeah, anyone not going to put your hand up no matter what I say? <laughs> cool, cool. Um, but of course, rain is, is both beautiful and... Uh, dangerous actually and and necessary sometimes and disruptive Um, but if you've just joined us today we are taking a little break from our series in Genesis Um, and we're thinking today together about a letter to God's people a letter that is and has been significant to us as a church and a letter that's been read across thousands of churches uh, this Sunday as part of the lectionary readings that many churches read each week This is the message from God of the angel armies, Israel's God, to all the exiles I've taken from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and make yourselves at home. Put in gardens and eat what grows there. Marry and have children. Encourage your children to marry and have children so that you'll thrive in that country and not waste away. Make yourselves at home there and work for the country's welfare. Pray for Babylon's well-being. If things go well for Babylon, they will go well for you. These are the words of the prophet Jeremiah from Jeremiah 29. And let's pray as we come around God's word this morning. Let's pray together. Father, we just want to say again that we love you. We love singing to you. We love who you are and who you've revealed yourself to be. We thank you for this time. We thank you for one another. And as we continue to worship just now, as we consider these words written thousands of years ago, we recognize and we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you were there when they were spoken, when they were written down, and you, the same God, the same Spirit moving among us, are present with us just now. And so we ask that you might speak to us, no matter what our circumstance, no matter what we bring, would you breathe your life? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, turn with me in your Bible, if you have one, or grab your phone and look up Jeremiah 29. We're going to read a bit more of this letter. Um, And this is a real experience uh, we're reading of today, a physical exile 
um, of, of a, quite a large number of people taken from Jerusalem uh, to Babylon, forced from their home by the Babylonian army. And Jeremiah writes here in the context of some, some false prophets who'd been among these people taken from their home. Um, and, and they were saying that the Babylonian empire would collapse quite quickly. That it's going to be okay, you'll just have to um, sit it out for a little while, but it'll all be over soon. And Jeremiah writes to these exiles, kind of saying the opposite really, as we'll discover. And so that's the context, but let's begin at verse 1 of Jeremiah chapter 29. This is the text of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders among the exiles and to the priests, the prophets, and all the other people Nebuchadnezzar had carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. This was after King Jehoiakim and the Queen Mother, the court officials and the leaders of Judah and Jerusalem, the skilled workers and the craftsmen had gone into exile from Jerusalem. He entrusted the letter of Elisa, son of Shaphan, to Gemariah, son of Hilkiah, whom Zedekiah, king of Judah, sent to King Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon. It said, This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Encourage your children to marry and have children so that... Uh, they may, so that they may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there, do not decrease. And seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They're prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me when you seek me with all your heart, and I will be found by you, declares the Lord. I will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. This is the word of God. So Jeremiah is writing to these exiles, ripped from their home against their will, physically and spiritually exiled. And Jeremiah says all these people, these false prophets that are saying it'll all be over soon, they're giving you false hope. Let's be real here, Jeremiah says. It's going to be 70 years until you're back home. 70 years. Our son is uh, about to turn six. That's the answer you'll get if you ask how old he is. Nearly six, definitely not five. Um, but he finds it really funny to look at the calendar on my phone and um, look at his birthday in 2047 and see how old he'll be then. Um, 2092, 70 years from now, he'll be 76, nearly 76. Um, I would be 102, just in case you're wondering. Uh, but as a parent of a nearly six-year-old, that seems unimaginable. Pretty much a lifetime away. And yet, that's how long the quite realistic, pragmatic Jeremiah says here, prophets get a bad rep sometimes, don't they? For being a bit aloof, detached from reality, maybe a little bit weird. But Jeremiah strikes me as really quite practical and 
down to earth and straight talking, which is just an aside, but I quite like it about Jeremiah. Certainly in this, in this letter he writes. But he's saying, essentially, you're in this for the long haul. It's not about to be over quickly. Some of you might not even make it home again. Let's talk in reality. And don't waste this time that you have. Don't have false hope, false hope but really live. Really live. Find and create beauty. Leave this place that you've come to better than you found it. And pray for the place and the people round about you. So I want to spend just a few minutes this morning thinking about what God spoke through Jeremiah to these people at this particular time and how we might think of these words in rainy Glasgow in 2022. Now, I don't know how most of you, to be honest, ended up in Glasgow. That might be a story you want to share with someone later on. For some of us, we wanted to move here. Um, For some of us, it might have been our second or third choice university. Um, Some of us had to come here for other circumstances that we really would rather have not been here. Um, And others of us have lived here our whole lives or for many, many years. But whether we feel like we've been uprooted to this place that we're in right now today, or whether this is really home for us. I think all of us who are followers of Jesus can say that we know that this isn't our true home, that we're just travelers passing through, waiting for Jesus' triumphant return one day when he's promised to make all things new, when he's promised to complete that work of building his kingdom on earth as in heaven. And it doesn't take a particularly long walk through this city, does it? To notice that there are some amazing, beautiful, creative, fantastic things, and some things which really are not good at all, some dark places, some things that shouldn't happen. It's significant, I think, to notice firstly what Jeremiah is reminding these people of. See, these Babylonians that had come and taken people from Jerusalem to their own country, They destroyed some of the key things in society, um, the the things that they looked to to connect with God, the things that they looked to for security, the things of the land, of the monarchy, and of the temple. And the first thing that Jeremiah wants to remind them of is that God is present wherever you are. He's not bound by these things that you hold so dearly, good things, things that can be helpful, But God's not limited by the fact that you're in a different place without your usual surroundings. God will never abandon you. And and I guess if there's one thing that you hear and you, you scroll through Twitter for the rest of this time, don't do that. But if you do, hear this, that God is with you. He will never leave you. Whatever you face, whatever you've come to Glasgow and find yourself here today, and whatever happens in the future, he will never leave you or forsake you. But what are we to do then as exiles? Let me offer a couple of things that we might think about today. Firstly, I think we need to recognize ourselves as sent people, as people who are sent by God for a purpose. So again, let's be clear. Jeremiah here is writing to people who've been humiliated. They've been torn from their home. They don't want to be there. They're probably quite justifiably full of wanting revenge, maybe plotting their escape, Or at the very least thinking, how can we just survive this time and get back home as quickly as possible? That's why they were believing in these false prophets who were saying it won't be long, it's going to be over soon. 
But Jeremiah reminds us and these people that even in the midst of the darkest, most troubling, unsettling times, that we are still sent as ambassadors for Jesus, that we're still his people on his mission, being carriers of his peace and his presence. Because wherever we go, tomorrow, this week, for the rest of our lives, we go to tell of the life and the teaching and the work, the death, the resurrection and the return of Jesus. We have this gospel message to go and make disciples who make disciples in all nations around the world, including in Glasgow, why ever you find yourself here. So we're reminded by this letter that God's not limited by our location, by our circumstance, or even our resentment at our circumstance, which often can be the case. He still chooses to use us as conduits of his peace and his presence. We're not just here to hunker down, to ride out the storm, to stay warm in this underfloor heated church building and uh, hope that one day Jesus will return quite quickly. Thank you very much. But actually, we've just read that Jeremiah is saying God is doing a new thing among you. God is absolutely protecting you and looking after you and with you, but he's doing a new thing even in the midst of that situation. Can we see it today? Can we see what he's up to? Can we recognize it? We notice throughout scripture that, and especially through Jeremiah actually, that often God tears things down, breaks up ground to make way for something new. There's upheaval before the new thing. Stephen pointed out to me this week that that they're they're tearing down the wall in our building at the, the pit street end of the auditorium. And it's really, really messy as anyone who's done any kind of work in their house will know, or building work, it's lot, there's a lot of dust. It doesn't look very nice. But it's making the way for something that will be a glass wall that will bring in light from outside, that will welcome people and, and allow them to see what's going on inside our building. It's making way for something good, a new thing. And so when everything seems messy in our lives, around about us, and dusty and dirty, It doesn't look very nice. Remember that God's with you in that, but remember also that he is doing a new thing. He's promised to do something in you and through you. And he will use you, whatever your circumstance, to bring the light and hope of Jesus to those around us. Each of us are where we are for a purpose. And I suppose the question this morning, this afternoon, is will you say yes to the invitation to join with his, with his peace-filled kingdom building in Glasgow in 2022 and beyond. We're a sent people. We're also called to speak, as we're sent, to speak against injustice, to speak calling out things of beauty, to speak noticing the shoots of new life that come up around about us. And to speak to the Lord of Lords and King of Kings as we walk around our neighborhoods and our workplaces and take our kids to school and notice things that we know will break the heart of God. We're going to spend some time in a few minutes praying together for this city. But how might you and I this week create space to notice what we love about this city, to notice what's wrong and broken about this city, and to speak up for it? to people who can make changes, and to speak to God, to cry out to him that he would break in and bring change. Would we speak with kindness each day and with truth? 
speak blessing over our neighbors and our family and our colleagues? Would we slow down enough to look and to listen to God and to people who we meet each day? It's amazing how much, how simple an act of stopping in the street to talk to your neighbor and how easy it is to cross the road and walk away, but how much blessing that brings to that person who might not have spoken to someone at all that day. A neighbor across from where we live is early 90s, maybe, and walks every day to visit his wife who's in a care home up the road. He always refuses a lift because it's good to keep the legs moving, but he loves to stop for a chat. He loves to see our kids running around and and, um, the, the new life that's in them. But it takes time. It's easier to keep going and you know, we're busy people, so important people, obviously. Not really. But it's easier to keep going. But the blessing and the, just the smile on his face when, when, we, when we do stop and talk to him and the way it enriches our lives. Let's make time to stop for people we'd rather not stop for, not just nice old men across the road. But we need to speak, to speak up, to speak out, to speak when we see things that are good and call them out in our city. Pray to the Lord for the city, Jeremiah says, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. And finally, as we come to to close, we need to, I think, seek, to seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you. Seek the welfare of the city. This chapter of Jeremiah is, as many of you will know, significant to us as a church. Um, We, a few years ago, created some vision zines which have a picture of Glasgow, a a drawing of Glasgow. Um, And the idea was there's lots of uh, parts of the picture that are colored in blue, that we are um, carrying the light of Jesus all across the city, not just in one location, although in that location too, but all across the city to different offices and neighborhoods and schools, wherever we go. And on the back of that vision zine, um, it says this, through the prophet Jeremiah, God has reminded us that he cares about humanity and creation in its totality. The story of scripture points to a time when God will bring all aspects of his creation into perfect relationship with himself. The renewal of all things natural, physical, social, and spiritual. The gospel of Jesus is central to this restoration. Its light banishes the darkness and its power brings transformation to all levels of culture. And we see a family of disciple makers joining God in the renewal of all things. We believe God wants to envision and release people with their passions and dreams for reaching out in the city and beyond. We want to empower people to follow God and to participate in his story of renewal. We want to see the light of the good news of Jesus Christ renewing lives across Glasgow and our world. We are unapologetically for this city the place that we live and work and spend each day. It's not just a place to pass the time or to hunker down and to live out, again, no matter why you're here, but to seek the welfare of the city, of the physical locations that we live. And and for many of us, we'll spend a lot of our time working through life, something like 87,000 hours. Um, and, And that is a place that we are sent by God We're sent to be his ambassadors, not just to be witnesses at work, but to be also witnesses how we work, the way in which we go about our day-to-day work, whatever that is. Because that's an opportunity to join with God in his renewal of all things, to bring something that's beautiful and good 
to bring the light and hope of Jesus to those people that we work with each day. Does that mean you have to work to seek the welfare of the city? No. Does it mean that work is part of God's good plan for this world and for your life? Absolutely. Work can be really hard sometimes. We live in a a broken, fallen world with bosses who don't treat you well, with colleagues who maybe don't respect you, with wages perhaps in a lot of cases not what they should be, and all sorts of other things. And yet, at the same time, in amongst all of that, there are opportunities each day to work in a manner that looks for ways to create beauty, to bring goodness in the way that we go about our work, whether you physically create something in your work or not, to contribute positively to those around about us and to this city. I absolutely love how N.T. Wright describes this kind of idea of creating moments of beauty. I've probably read it before, but no matter whether we work or don't work or how we spend our time, he says this in his book, Surprised by Hope. The point of the resurrection is that the present bodily life is not valueless just because it will die. What you do with your body in the present matters because God has a great future in store for it. What you do in the present by painting, singing, sewing, praying, teaching, building hospitals, digging wells, campaigning for justice, writing poems, caring for the needy, loving your neighbor as yourself will last into God's future. These activities are not simply ways of making the present life a little less beastly, a little more bearable until the day when we leave it all behind, uh, leave it behind altogether as the hymn so mistakenly puts it. They are part of what we may call building for God's kingdom. Because when we seek and work for the welfare of this city, we are building for God's kingdom. We're joining with his work of renewal. And we join him in bringing hope and carrying light to dark places. We go into, when we go into a job we don't like or into a difficult meeting, we know that the goodness of God might be shown through our failing, broken nature because of his power at work among us because of who we are and who we are becoming in Christ Jesus. And so all of this being sent and seeking the welfare of the city and speaking, we do so confident in the promises of God. Going and seeking and speaking, not in our own strength, but in his promise to be with us wherever we are. In his promise to work everything out one day to redeem all things when his kingdom is fully realized, when Jesus returns. God says through Jeremiah, I'll show you, I'll show up and take care of you as I promised and bring you back home. I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future that you hope for. So live well. Trust God to make it right in the end, however long or short it takes. Understand yourself, each one of us here today, as sent by God. Speak against injustice and speak calling out and celebrating goodness all around us. And seek the welfare of the places and the people you live near, that you work with and spend your days alongside. Go into those places, sometimes dark places, with the light of Jesus, knowing that we are sent by him and empowered by him. Last year, 
Stephen suggested during a sermon that this letter from Jeremiah might sound a bit different to us living in Glasgow, and I think this is the first time I've quoted Stephen, memorable day perhaps, or not, Um, but I thought it was really helpful, so I'm going to read it to you um, before we pray. Uh, This is what Jeremiah's letter to this exiled people might sound like, firstly to students. Spend quality time with people on your course. Open your homes and lives to each other in honesty and authenticity. Be open to finding a life partner, but don't obsess over that. Love people. Care for the city that you have come to. Don't just take from it or extract from it. Don't just try to convert without first loving and understanding. Don't fill your diary with weird Christian things. Don't just pass these years by. Act like you could be here for a very long time because some of you will and some of you won't. But where God carries you next, you'll live with the same qualities that you've learned here. Engage in prayer and unity with your church family who also care for this city. And this will be for your blessing and wholeness. And to others of us who have neighbors, I guess many of us treasure your neighbors your actual physical neighbors under God. They're not an accident, but a gift. God loves them, and so must you. Don't be anonymous in your street, but give yourself to your street. Show yourself to be a good ambassador on the sports field, in the workplace, and take a risk. Make time for being a good neighbor. Because as your street prospers, so will you and your family. People will see God in you when you live well and live full. If you're married, they'll see it in your marriage. If you have children, they will see it in your children. So be diligent and intentional in bringing up children. These aren't wasted hours. This is it. This is the life God has for you. Don't miss any opportunity. Let's pray together just now. Let's pray. Father God, Lord of all, the Prince of Peace, we thank you for your promise to be with us, to go before us and to make all things new. And thank you so much, Lord, for your invitation to join you in building your kingdom here in Glasgow in 2022 by loving and living well, by working for good around us. And would you help us because each of us know when we're honest that we need your help every moment of every day. We need reminders of your grace, your ocean of grace. We need reminders of your kindness and your alongside presence. And we ourselves need reminded that you, Jesus, are the hope of the world. That you are a light in the darkness. That no place is too far for you to draw back to yourself and to make whole and make new. And so we pray that even when things seem a bit messy or dusty or dirty, that you would remind us that you are doing a new thing among us. And we'd remember your call on our life. 
We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.